Welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. It's the Friday night, Black Friday, post-Thanksgiving Day edition of the podcast after Purdue Basketball uh, took care of business against Omaha, uh, 97-40. to 40. I really don't have a lot to say about the game, to be honest. Um, it was a blowout. It should have been a blowout, and it was a blowout. Uh, Omaha went ahead three to two, and then Purdue went on a twenty-nine to nothing run. Uh, the game was over. I mean, really, the game was over before it started. Um, the, my my only takeaway from this game is that Purdue approached this game in a serious manner and took care of business. And they didn't mess around. They didn't screw around. They didn't, you know, try to get out of their uh, the, the things that they should be doing. It was similar to when they played Wright State, knowing that North Carolina was up next. And they, they treated Wright State like North Carolina, and, and they treated Omaha like a Big Ten opponent, where they, they came out serious, focused, and, and played, played to their strengths, um, ran their offense, uh, did the things they normally do, uh, didn't... Didn't try, didn't try to do too much. Yeah, Travion shot a three-pointer, but he, he'll shoot three-pointer in other games, too. <coughs> Excuse me. But, you know, second half, you know, I think there were guys trying to make highlight plays and get on Sports Center or whatever. But for the most part, you know, Purdue did what it needed to do uh, in this game. And, um, and I will say from a scheduling standpoint, it was in the perfect spot because you're coming off uh, the two wins, uh, top 25 wins against North Carolina and Villanova. And then you're getting into next week with Florida State and Iowa, uh, and Rutgers, um, and then North Carolina State over the next couple weeks. So it was, you know, a, a letdown spot in a way for Purdue. Um, but they didn't let down. I mean, they could have, they could have gone through the motions and won this game by 35. But, you know, they, they did, they, 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 uh, they upped their game and they, they treated Omaha the same as if they would treat everybody else and um, and they were rewarded with a 57 uh, point point win um, but that, I mean there's really not much to say about what happened in the basketball game a lot of guys got playing time um, you know the thing to remember is that normal circumstances when you get a big lead that halftime that Purdue had you would rotate your subs in, and you know Painter did that. But the, the the issue is that you know his second unit is three of those guys are former starters. So you, there's no <coughs> excuse me, there's no talent drop off there. There's no hey, let's just let up on the you know the breaks here. Um, no, I mean it's just you get this you get the same level of play that you did with your starters. Uh, so, you know, just a good win. Uh, it's over with. Nobody, nobody was injured, uh, that we know of. No blood was spilled. Uh, you know, everybody got playing time. You know, the walk-ons got playing time. Walk-on scored. So it, it was a, you know, good day just to get through. And now, you know, the next, this next stretch of schedule, uh, will, will be challenging and it will test Purdue. Maybe not the way that, uh, North Carolina and Villanova tested Purdue, but it'll still still be a test uh, because you're getting Florida State in the ACC Challenge. Uh, Florida State has given Purdue problems in the past. I can't sit here 
today and tell you that you know that they can give them problems, but they're going to have some length. They're not going to have seven four length, but they're going to have some length. They're going to have they're going to be athletic on the wings. Uh, they're going to they're they're going to cause Purdue some problems, and Purdue's going to have to uh, to to adjust and uh, just not you know they can't go through the motions in this game. You know this has to be a high level game uh, for them. And then after that, you've got Iowa uh, to open the Big Ten season, and you know everyone knows Iowa can score, and Purdue hasn't played the best defense against uh, quality teams this year. Uh, so Purdue's going to have to do one of two things: outscore Iowa, which you know teams have done in the past, or you know buckle down defensively and uh, you know and get some stops. Uh, so I mean, next week is a, is going to be a, a, a challenging week for this for this team, one that they can't overcome. I mean, they're they're good enough to to beat both of those teams, both those games at home, and you know it will be you know interesting as they get into this stretch because after that you got to go on the road to Rutgers, you've got a neutral site game against North Carolina State, and then you're going to play Butler in the crossroads. So the next three weeks. Uh, you know, the, the competition increases and it's going to be one after the other. And it will be, uh, interesting, you know, how they adapt and how they adjust to that and how the games are played. And, you know, they, they faced a lot of different styles here in the first six games. Uh, and now they're going to face some more different styles here coming up. Uh, but it, you know, just will be interesting to see how, you know how they do that. I mean, I, I would think Purdue would be favored probably in these next few games. Uh, you know, especially at home. You know, maybe when they get on the road or neutral court, they may not be favored, or they might they they wouldn't be as big of a favorite. But you know, they're gonna they're gonna be ex, be expected to win these games. And I you know I think this team is capable of of going through this stretch and and uh, you know still still not having a loss. When you get to the you know the crossroads classic against Butler, uh, it's just the way they're playing right now, uh, and how they're and how they're playing uh, is a, you know a positive sign for to for their at. They you know they still have a lot of work to do, uh, especially from a defensive standpoint. Um, but they, you know they were focused today, and you know I, I don't think Omaha could have beat Purdue on Purdue's worst day. But it wasn't Purdue's worst day. It was Purdue. It was a good day for Purdue uh, because they did the things that they needed to do to win the game, and they went in, and then they got out and took control of it, and really gave Omaha no no hope of uh, of being in this game. Uh, so, you know, credit to them for for that. But now, as I said, you know, next week starts a a good stretch to to kind of get another gauge of. You know where this team is at, what it needs to work on, uh, what adversity is it going to face because it will face adversity uh, going out on the road at Rutgers uh, and playing a neutral site game against North Carolina State and playing another neutral site game against Butler. Uh, so I mean they'll they'll, they'll see those share share of adversity and you know Purdue could be ranked number two uh, at the minimum going into next week. Purdue's going to be ranked number two, I think, uh, because. Uh, you know, Gonzaga uh, is you know clear the clear number one right now, and they beat UCLA, which was number two. But Duke is going to play Gonzaga tonight on Friday night, 
and depending on how that game goes, um, you know, if Duke, what happens if Duke beats Gonzaga? Does Purdue move up to number one, or does Duke get that number one spot because they beat Gonzaga? And a lot of this doesn't really matter uh, at the end of the day because it does get settled on the court. But you know, Purdue. I mean, I, I think there would be an outside chance that Purdue might be number one coming up on, uh, you know, when the polls come out next week, if if Duke would beat Gonzaga. But obviously if Gonzaga wins, Purdue Purdue probably will be number two going into next week. And, and you know, that's something I think this team um, has embraced, will embrace, will continue to embrace. Um, you know, everybody says they don't look at the number and all that kind of stuff. You know, they do. They, they all look at it. Everybody looks at it. Uh, but it's just how you handle it. And, you know, it, it would be somewhat new territory for, for it would be new ter- territory for this team um, and a little bit of new territory for the program. But, you know, you, uh, you, we always talk about, or people always talk about, or coaches always talk about, I guess, adversity and handling adversity, but there's also the, the component of handling success. And, you know, I think Purdue up to this point has handled the success that it's had very well, uh, you know, coming off the uh, the two wins in, in Connecticut, um, the way they, 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 they played those games and the, the way they won those games. You know, I think this is a team, this is a mature team that I think understands what it needs to do each night, uh, and you got you got to be able to handle the success part of it because this this team is having success. It will continue to have success, and you've got to be able to deal with that. And today, you know, you didn't see any slippage. I, I didn't see any slippage in that. They, you know, they had some turnovers, but um, anytime you outscore a team twenty nine to nothing, I mean, I I think you're pretty much dialed in, and and, and Purdue Purdue was. So, uh, big game Tuesday against Florida State. Uh, Saturday coming up, the bucket game uh, against Indiana at Ross Age Stadium. Uh, 3.30 kickoff. Uh, Purdue has wrapped up a bowl bid, uh, going for its eighth victory in the regular season. First time since 2006. They're trying to reach that mark. And then, of course, you got a bowl game where they could reach nine wins for the season. Uh, that would be the first time since 2003. Indiana has the bucket, but... Uh, cannot go anywhere after this game. Uh, they've had a, they've had a, they've had a bad year. Injuries have uh, shredded the the quarterback position. An effective play has shredded the quarterback position. Uh, you know their defense just hasn't played effectively when you know they had ten starters coming back. Uh, so they just, you know they they've they've had a bad year after having a great year, and that's. You know, that's the struggle with programs like Purdue and Indiana at times where you have a great year. And not that you, not that Indiana was going to go win nine games again, but you don't want to go from nine to two. And that's that's the hard part with the programs in the middle of the Big Ten. Uh, they just don't have the depth at times to, to sustain that success. Um, but it, it's part of it. You know that's why uh, you know bring it bring it up. A program like Iowa is just it's it's one to model because you know they get another ten win season uh, today by beat, uh, beating Nebraska. 
Um, and that's they're kind of the model that a lot of teams need to follow uh, where they're winning consistently seven, eight, nine, ten games every year. And they're doing it against the same teams that Purdue and Indiana compete against on a on an annual basis. Now, they don't, yeah. uh, you know, Indiana has the unfortunate spot of being in the Big Ten East. You know, Purdue is in the West. Uh, so, you know, they get, a, they get a little bit of break of schedule, but not much. It's still Big Ten football when you get down to it. But it's just so hard to, you know, have those, those years back-to-back and sustain those. Uh, it, it can be done, and, it, you know, that should be the focus. But, you know, I think, you know, we saw this year what, what, what's happened to Indiana when the injuries pile up and the depth's not there and you don't have good quarterback play and, uh, and you turn the ball over as much as they have. Uh, it leads to being 2-9 and, and trying to avoid a winless Big Ten season. You know, Purdue's mission is just to get the bucket, get another win, uh, get out of the game as healthy as possible, and then uh, prepare for whatever bowl game, you know, comes comes uh, its its way. Uh, so, uh, you know, Purdue, you know, some I, I equated a little bit to last week against Northwestern, uh, where when you when you really looked at it, it was it was hard to see Purdue losing to Northwestern unless there was a bunch of turnovers and stuff like that. You know, it's similar to to this game. You know, I don't see, I, I don't see how Indiana beats Purdue. And I, you know, I know it's a rivalry, and you throw, you throw out their records and all that kind of, all that kind of crap. But you know, they they may they may have a walk on quarterback behind center, uh, and if not a walk on quarterback, they have a true freshman who's who's been ineffective, um, and their defense is not held up well. Um, you know, produce obviously going to attack them through the air. So I, I just, you know, unless there's a boatload of turnovers, a boatload of penalties, uh, a boatload of things that happen negatively for Purdue, then you know I, they they should win this game and they should win the game comfortably in my in my opinion. Um, and you know, Indiana has, has really not shown many signs of life uh, this season once they once they started playing Big Ten teams back-to-back. They, they played Maryland close, but Maryland's just got such a horrid defense that, you, you know, you, you, you walk in the stadium and you score points. Uh, but all the other games, um, Indiana has struggled offensively to really consistently mount drives. And a Purdue's defense... Know, got got itself back on track last week uh, after what happened Ohio State uh, still gave up gave up a couple touchdown drives but you know they, they played better against an offense that, that struggled and I would expect uh, the same thing on on Saturday where you know they're Indiana's going to get make some plays here and there they're going to do some things but overall I think Purdue's defense uh, should be able to, to put the clamp down on them when what it has to, and then offensively, you know they're gonna they're gonna move the ball through the air with O'Connell and the receivers. Uh, See so if Milton Wright can have another big game. Um, you know David Bell needs 101 yards to uh, break the single season receiving yards record uh, at Purdue. Uh, he's I want to say 
10 and 15 catches from getting 100 uh, this season. So, uh, you know, there's there's some stats to play for there. But, you know, you never know who's going to not show up <laughs> from a health standpoint or who's who's not healthy. Uh, they, uh, you know, they keep, keep the injury things pretty tight, uh, pretty close. So, you know, there might be, there might be a surprise or two on Saturday, uh, just because there, there, sometimes there, there always is a surprise or two that, that pops up at the, at the last minute. But, um, it should be, it's sold out tomorrow. It should be a festive atmosphere and, you know, uh, senior day. So a lot of, a lot of guys are going to walk uh, in the pregame ceremony. Uh, now there'll be some guys that do the pregame ceremony that will come back. There'll be other guys that won't. You know, I'm pretty sure you'll see George Karloftis and David Bell go through the ceremony. Doesn't mean they're not coming back, but if they don't come back, this gives them at least the opportunity to to go through uh, their final home game and get recognized by the crowd. Um, but to me, it's a it's a pretty good sign that they that both will um, both will probably be headed to the NFL, even though they haven't made and made their announcements yet. Uh, but I think it's it's pretty clear that um, that that's the direction that they'll go, unless you know, unless something happens uh, where um, you know it's not it's not the right time for them to go. You know, you just don't know, but there's too many signs pointing to that. You know, Aiden O'Connell's going to go through uh, the senior day ceremony, um, and you know, not exactly sure that if he will, if 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 O'Connell will come back uh, next year, the exercise, the COVID year. Um, you know, I would I would think that he would, um, but there's no evidence as of now that he would uh, you know I think it would be good for Purdue uh, if he did but you know the, this is these decisions are about O'Connell and about the individual as opposed to the school and they got to do what's best for them and that's the era we live in live in and uh, I mean, it'd be good for Purdue if they would know their starting quarterback uh, going into next season in December uh, as opposed to August that might be helpful. So, uh, but anyway, just you know, you, just don't jump to full conclusions uh, tomorrow unless you know, it's a guy like Jackson Anthrop who you know has been through. You know, he's a six-year guy. And, uh, he's used his COVID year. And he's used his redshirt year. So there's really, uh, you know, he, he, there's no. There's no reason that he's coming back next year. Guys like that, but there'll be other guys that go through that. You'll wonder if you know that's really it, or if it's you know if they are going to come back. But you know the issue then for the program is that they have to get down to uh, the 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 limit of scholarships that you're allowed. You could you could go over this past year, but next year you got to be back. To 85 scholarships, and you know Purdue needs to make those numbers work, not only with the guys that they want to come back that are currently on the team, but the incoming recruiting class, and then whatever you're going to do in the transfer portal. Um, so there's, it's a it's a it's a puzzle, 
it may not be as complicated at Purdue as it is at other places, but it's still a puzzle that has to work. And, you know, Purdue's going to be active in the transfer portal. Uh, players from Purdue are going to go in the transfer portal probably as early as Monday or Tuesday or it, at, as early as next week. And then, you know, Purdue's going to go to the transfer portal to, to try to find players. You know, they need to beef up some some positions. And um, so there's going to be a lot of activity between, you know, now and whenever spring ball starts. And then after spring ball, there'll be a lot of activity, um, you know, leading up to the bowl game. There might be There might be players that go into the portal before the bowl game. And if they don't go into the portal before the bowl game, they're probably going to go into the portal after the bowl game. So there's just a lot of moving parts. So you just get, you just kind of have to stay stay tuned to 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 kind of what's happened. You're you're going to see a lot of movement uh, here over the next month or two uh, regarding the roster. But anyway, that wraps up uh, today's uh, or tonight's podcast. Uh, appreciate you stopping by. Uh, and again, we'll be back after Saturday's game uh, between Purdue and IU to wrap up what went on and and look ahead and maybe speculate uh, where the boilers might might go bowling uh, sometime in December. Again, thanks for stopping by and have a good day.